Oh, welcome to Now Tell Us. Now we are back and back with a bang. I mean, this uh, program started a few months back, uh, but uh, it was not so busy. But now we are back and ready to rock. So at this episode, we are going to see how to use your brain to achieve success. I mean, each and every one of us wants success. I believe if I want success, you also want success. And uh, we are going to be speaking to someone who's experienced some great success in his life. He's going to tell us how and even much more of his story. But uh, I'm not going to take one more minute because every minute I take, I'm wasting on the great things ahead of us. Let's welcome to the show, Liam Neden. Hi, Liam. Hi, Anthony. Great okay. to be here. Thanks for having me on your show. Yes, and we are glad that you are on our show. And uh, we believe that we are going to have some great time together. Now, yep. name the name Liam, is not so common to me. Tell us uh, the reason behind it or in in a basic uh, way, tell us who are you? Well, Lee, the name Liam is actually Irish oh. and it's uh, it's Irish for William. So if you take W-I-L off, you're left with L-I-A-M, Liam. Interesting. And, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a few Liams around. Liam Neeson is an actor. You might have heard of him. Uh, oh. There's a few famous Liams besides me. <laughs> okay, how about Naden? Liam Naden, yes, oh, that's uh, that's an English English history. I'm from New Zealand, but my ancestry is Irish and English. Oh. But you know, going back a few generations. Well, that's interesting. Tell yeah. us more. Tell us more about uh, where you were born, how you grew up. Well, I was I was brought up in New Zealand. Uh, I'm born in New Zealand, brought up there, and spent most of my life there. I'm I live in Europe now, but uh, uh, yeah, New Zealand's a great place, and uh, I had a lot of business interests there. I I was very much an entrepreneur, still am an entrepreneur, I guess. I've had about eighteen different businesses in my time. I'm not 163, by the way, um, and uh, and really, what I'm doing now is helping people figure out what I sort of tried to figure out which is how do you be successful how do you really get the results you get in your life because I spent a lot of time many years trying lots of different things to answer that question and find out how I could really take control of my life and be happy and be successful just like you said in your introduction how you know most people most people do want to be happier than they are and do want to have more and be more quote unquote successful than they are so I tried lots of things from religion. I was brought up religious, and I tried <clears throat> lots of different um, aspects of the whole self-help area, um, personal development, from goal setting and doing um, affirmations and trying to change your beliefs and working on different coaching programs and, and all of those sorts of things. And uh, also tried lots of spiritual practices as well, from meditation and different... Uh, and different things like that but um so i had a lot of knowledge I, and i and i literally i had a great library of books and and courses that i that i really read and studied and i went to seminars all over the world and uh, did a few firewalks <laughs> did all sorts of things With really looking for these yeah yeah okay mm -hmm. yeah it, it, so looking for the answers how can i be happy how can i be successful how can i have have a great life and um i did have a lot of success relatively speaking but you know i had i had money and had assets and and businesses and was doing well but i one thing i noticed particularly in hindsight was i always had stress i always had problems it was always a struggle i was always setting new goals and struggling to achieve them and achieving them sometimes and a lot of the time not achieving them and as well as having good times it was it was a bit like a mix of good times, good things, but always these nagging problems that, that seem to come from nowhere. And it's almost like when you get rid of your problems and you go, aha, I've reached success. And then mm. another whole lot of problems comes along. And you, and you get to the stage of thinking, like I did and probably what most people think, is that problems are natural. Stress and problems, they're just a natural part of life. And 
if you want to be successful, you're going to have to learn to deal with problems. You're going to have to learn to deal with stress. Mm. You're going to have to learn to deal with struggling because that's what it's all about. That's what I thought and mm. and thought maybe this is what life is. Maybe life is a struggle. Mm -hmm. Maybe you, Maybe if you want to be successful, you really have to overcome enormous obstacles and and really struggle to achieve and, and experience great fear and do all of these things. Like if I want to ask, how did you start? I mean, were you born into uh, with a silver spoon on your mouth, as they said, or how was your early ages, uh, age, our years as you were growing up? No, I wasn't born with uh, anything, anything at all. In fact, uh, probably but the opposite. I was in a fairly um, average family. I, it was a Catholic family. I'm the eldest of eight. Uh, I have seven brothers and sisters, so we were a big family and uh, certainly weren't wealthy and, and certainly weren't entrepreneurial or, you know, that, that wasn't really a, a, a topic from, for the dinner com conversation from my parents or anything like that. But um, I don't know, there was just something in me that really wanted to, wanted more and was, was very driven. <laughs> you know, I was mm -hmm. one of those feisty young young people who uh, probably knew more, thought I knew more than I did and was always challenging things and pushing hard. So that's good. Just so, shows you can come from anywhere. So uh, what was your first occupation? Were you employed or did you start a business uh, from the word go? How did you come into the financial world? Well, I started off, um, one of the things I was taught or led to believe was that if you want to be successful and in control of your life and happy, you need an education. So I went to university and I studied music for seven years, um, classical music, music history, research, and the organ, the, the pipe organ. Uh, those are my areas. But of course, I, what I noticed from that, I enjoyed it. But it didn't really give me the success I thought it would because, and I had a look around at my professors and my teachers and other other musicians and I thought, well, these are all nice people, but they're not actually any more successful. They, a lot of them are very educated, my professors and people, you know, and thought education isn't, doesn't appear to be the answer because these people are very educated, but they seem to still have problems and they don't seem to be any more happy and successful and abundant than anyone else. So maybe this isn't where, where I'm going to find it. And then I um, sort of a bit by chance, I got into uh, setting up a, or buying a small business in, in uh, selling wine, of mm. all things. I developed a passion for wine, so that's how I sort of got started in the, in the business world, was um, selling wine. Yeah, I, I mean, it. you were not employed at all in the beginning? Um, I had a few months when I was managing a wine shop, which gave me some good experience on how to do it. But no, I mean, I've had a few... I had a few holiday jobs working in an office and, you know, when I was at university, but it's not really any sort of employment. No, I'm probably unemployable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So how did it go? Oh, it went very well. I, I was very successful in the wine, wine industry, but I, you know, I sold that business about 25 years ago. My, I think one of the things, if any of your listeners are entrepreneurs, you know, one of the, I suppose it's a problem with an entrepreneur is that you're very very good at and what you enjoy is taking an idea and creating a business from it and, and seeing it grow and prosper. But when it, when it comes to actually, when it's fairly mature, when it comes to actually managing that business, maybe that's not your area of skill. And it certainly wasn't particularly my my area my, or my, my interest, really. So what I tended to find was when I after I'd set up a business and got it going well and things were doing well, my interest did sort of decline, that the challenges often weren't there anymore. You know, the, the newness or the excitement of, of the creative side, if you like. So I tended to, I tend to find um, with a lot of my um, earlier businesses anyway, that um, I lost interest after a while and then moved on to something else. So yeah, I did lots of different things. Um, until I had an interesting experience in my mid-40s, which was when I actually lost everything. 
I thought I was doing pretty well. Mm. I had a few few houses and some plenty of money and and a family life. And uh, a few bad decisions meant that I lost everything and I became homeless. But it turned out to be the best thing that ever happened because what it taught me was all of the stuff that I'm doing now, which is about understanding who we actually are, how we achieve the results we do in our life, how we actually get what we do, good and bad. And it's all to do with how our brain works. And if it hadn't happened to me that I'd lost everything, I wouldn't have figured the stuff out. So it's really been the springboard for everything I'm doing now, which is, which is great. Mm. I'm curious to know if it's okay with you sharing with us, what are some of the bad uh, decisions or some of the bad steps that uh, led you into losing everything? Everybody asks me that. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sorry to say, I can only say, but for legal and other sensitive issues, I can't really get into the details. But, but essentially, it, it, does, it came down to a series of bad financial and personal decisions. And maybe one way I can explain it, which might help people who are listening, who can think, well, why do who also think that they might make bad decisions and, and most people do make bad decisions from time to time mm -hmm. some of them some of them have more serious consequences than others um, but the reason one of the things you ask yourself is my life would be a lot better if i didn't make bad decisions because so much of the stress and the problems that i was dealing with and now through the work i'm doing through coaching which is part of the work I do, people come to me for help. And they see this pattern as well, that they make bad decisions and spend a lot of their time and most of their energy and most of their stress really trying to fix problems based on bad decisions that if they'd, they'd simply not made a bad decision in the first place, they wouldn't have to deal with all the problems. Mm -hmm. Their life would be a lot simpler and easier and more productive and more exciting if we just learn how not to make bad decisions. Mm. And um, that's really comes down to how our brain works because mm. our brain is what makes us make either good or bad decisions, depending on how we use it. Mm. Now, in, in your sharing, you make me think of something and I, I believe you agree with me to this uh, from the statements that you've made, that uh, success can be stressing. Am I right? That actually from a biological, scientific, philosophical, spiritual, religious, and psychological perspective is completely wrong. Oh. Because stress is not a natural part of life. Stress, and this is the thing I learned after, you know, really digging into research and, and thinking about my past experience. In what way does stress help you? It doesn't help you in any way whatsoever. In fact, stress is the number one contributor to all of your health problems, to your um, mental problems in every way. And maybe I could, if you'd like me to, I can explain why, explain why this is. Because we've been brought up to believe that stress is good, but it's not true from, on, on any, any level. Mm -hmm. And if we take it back to a biological um, to a biological place we're all biological beings this is the thing i realize we talk about the mind and we get you know we're spiritual and all those things but we actually have a physical body and we live in a physical world mm -hmm. and therefore we function in a particular way physically and this is the key actually to understanding how to create success in our life because what is success success is actually being the best that you can be and it turns out, and that doesn't just mean physically, it means mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And it turns out that when you're the best that you can be, you're actually living the purpose, or you're actually living your biological purpose. The, your biological reason for being here, and every science scientist who is an expert in biology will tell you this, your reason for being here physically is one, you only have one purpose, and that is, to continue to play your part in continuing the survival of the human species. Mm -hmm. And that's the role of every biological creature on the planet is to contribute to the, to the continuation of their species. So what is the 
time or what is the state you're in when you have the best chance, not only of your survival, but of helping the species survive. That's when you're at, that is when you're at your best. When you're at your best, you have the greatest chance of survival and helping the survival of the species. Mm -hmm. Because when you're at your best physically, you fight off disease better, you fight off enemies and, and adversity, you heal better from injury, everything functions in your body better. And when, you're, and, and when you're at your best mentally and emotionally, you're your most creative, you're most resourceful, you're most imaginative. In other words, you have, you're, you're able to do all of these things that are going to make life better mm -hmm. and give you a, and a greater chance of survival. Mm. So the thing, coming back to your question about the role of stress, how does stress help you to be the best you can be? It doesn't, because on a physical level, as I say, it damages your body. It harms you. It harms your organs. So there is no role for stress in your life because it doesn't contribute to your survival and your longevity and your ability to contribute to the survival of the humans, human species. So this is one of the big realizations that I had when I was doing research into how we get the results we do, is that we've all, that not only is stress not good for us, stress is the one thing that stops us, it stops our brain from operating the right way, and it stops us from being happy and the best that we can be. And stress, there is a, there is, stress has a particular role in our life, but it's not the one we think it has. Mm -hmm. And because of that, we create far too much stress in our life, and we live way below, way below our potential. Mm. Oh, thank you. Controversial stuff. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And uh, let's go a bit back. And uh, you find yourself homeless. How was it? What, what, what's all with the experience that you had at that point? Well, at the time, it wasn't much fun. But um, I had to move back in with my elderly mother. <clears throat> and sleep on the sofa in her living room. And I literally had the clothes on my back and, you know, she had to pay for the, even had to pay for my food. But I think there's one thing when you've been really successful and particularly when you've studied success. And I thought, I, I, I'd done a lot of study. I've done seminars, workshops. I had a, a really, as I said, a big library of books and I knew, had a lot of information and I thought at the time when I lost everything, well, if I know so much about success, I know I've read all the books and the seminars about how you create your own reality and how you take control and how you set and achieve goals in your life and how you can um, be successful. So if I know all of these things, then how have I ended up in the situation where I've not only got nothing, but I don't know what to do. I, I had no, no clue on how to get myself out of this mess. That should not have happened to me. I should mm -hmm. be able to take control of the situation and made sure it never happened, firstly. And secondly, I should be right out there again and bouncing back and creating more success and not, not letting it stop me. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't my, my experience at all. So when I did start to come out of the mess, and I mean, you know, anyone who's been through a, a traumatic time knows it takes a bit of... It doesn't happen instantly that you come out of it. You do come out of it, but you have to unravel the mess that you've, cre you've created mm -hmm. or that you're living in. So mm -hmm. it took me a while, of course, a few months to get, get going again. <clears throat> but what I noticed when I did get going again, things were quite different. Because rather than me struggling and stressing to try and find opportunities, it was almost like opportunities came along and unexpected opportunities and unexpected people different sorts of people came along and they had new ideas and they'd say to me things like, hey, Liam, there's an idea, something you can try. Or I'd come up with my own new ideas to do something. And I started to create new business, you know, business opportunities and do, do things to earn money financially too. And I found I was earning enough money to give me the things I wanted to do, to enjoy my life and to do some of the things that I never knew I wanted to do, but um, I discovered that I really enjoyed them. Mm -hmm. And the best part of all was, I, and I remember thinking this, this is, this is, I wonder what's happening to me because not only is th are things a lot easier than they used to be, I'm not stressed and I don't have problems. You know, sure, there are the odd challenge of things I need to figure out that I don't know. Mm -hmm. and, and, but there's, no, there's not this ongoing 
struggle and stress and and frustration if you like to to try and be happy and that's what i found i was for the first time if you like in my life pretty much i was a lot happier because i wasn't dealing with stress and problems so that's why i really need what i really needed to figure out and that's what led me to all the work i subsequently did and what I'm, the coaching I'm doing and, and, and the speaking, teaching and, and helping other people to understand is it really led me to this whole area of the brain and what I realized I was doing because I wanted to back engineer what I was doing differently. I wanted to find out what I was doing differently because I thought, I don't want to stop doing this. Whatever it is, is working, but I need to figure out what's working. Mm -hmm. And that's what really led me to realize that the only real difference between what I was doing, between what I've been doing before was I was using my brain in a different way. And okay. when I figured that out, I thought this is this is uh, really interesting stuff. And I've developed coaching and, and, and ways of explaining it and helping others and seeing other people getting much better results as well. Okay. So, you know, it's, uh, it's fascinating and so very rewarding. What, what age was that? I mean, the time that you realize or you start uh, seeing things happen in your life and you you just happy at what age well i lost everything in my mid 40s yeah so i wasn't that young i was you know a lot older than you are mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh yeah so you know i'd spent many years going down the other track so it wasn't like i was in my i was 20 and had only tried a couple of things i'd tried a lot of things i'd had a lot of experience with success as well as failure and all those things so yeah, it was a good. It was a good age to, um, to, to for it to happen, really. The, the, uh, I think you mentioned that you went back into your grandmother's couch. Uh, did you? My mother. Have a yeah. Family, so that it's part of what you lost or you didn't have, and now do you have? Oh well, no, I was married at the time, but that all finished as part of it, and uh, I I have a have a daughter who was from a a separate marriage, so she wasn't overly affected. She wasn't living with me. <clears throat> so, yeah, that that was okay. Okay, and uh, later when things started happening, was there a family that came back, or you just found peace by your own? Oh, I found a new relationship with somebody who was uh, much more compatible, should I say? And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we're still together, and uh, yeah, that was a key part of the success, really. And again. I do a lot of marriage and relationship coaching, and one of the things I really help people recognize is whether they're in the right relationship. And one of the things that distinguishes being in the right relationship and when it's working the right way, dealing with stress and problems. And that's the, the thing I notice again, the difference between my previous relationships and this one was it was a lot easier. There wasn't the drama, there wasn't the the stress and there wasn't all this emphasis on we've we've got all these problems and we have to try and fix them mm -hmm. you know that because anyone who's in a relationship i do as i say a lot of marriage and relationship work i have coaching programs and i do some private coaching as well and the thing that people really want to be in in a relationship is one that is without drama is without problems mm -hmm. and unfortunately most of the time what people do as in any other area of their life, whether it be their business, if they have problems, the automatic reaction is to try and fix them and is to try to work on the problems. And, and, and again, that's what I used to do in my previous life was work on my problems. Mm -hmm. But it's a function of how the brain works that you'll never fix your problems if you try and work on them. Mm, interesting. Mm. So and I can I'm explain how, what, how and why that is true. I can prove that. Let's, let's hear that. But, tell us. Please tell us. Well, maybe I, maybe I could give you an explanation because I've been talking about the, the brain and how it works. Maybe I could give you an explanation and your listeners an explanation, a simple explanation of how your brain actually works. And then you'll be able to see that the cause of all your problems, including in a relationship or in any area, is because you've been using your brain the wrong way. Okay, because... The, the thing we don't realize, there's a couple of things we don't realize about our brain. Firstly, is the incredible power that our brain ha has. And science is still uncovering the power of the brain. But 
we think it's just this organ that we carry around with us and it you know sure it keeps our body healthy or tries to and it enables us to talk and think and communicate and do things but it, it's an awful lot more than that it's, it's actually the most powerful computer that exists on earth by a long way it's vastly more powerful than any any computer that we have you know within inside our brain we have this a particular type of cell called a neuron cell i'm not going to get too technical but just a couple of interesting facts mm -hmm. there's more than a hundred billion of these neuron cells and these are the cells that that enable us to enable our intelligence to actually operate so there's more than a hundred billion of those cells and they carried out an experiment a few years ago with with one of the the largest most powerful supercomputers that was in japan it was called the fujitsu k computer and they they measured how long it took this computer to carry out one simple task that the that the human brain does in one second mm -hmm. and it took the computer 40 minutes to do what our brain does in one second and that's just one task we do tens hundreds of thousands of different things are going on in our brain every second so it's just so vastly more powerful than anything we realize that if we didn't realize the power of our brain we'd, we'd want to start to get to know how to use it and what it actually is mm -hmm. but nobody's ever taught us about our brain because the mm -hmm. other thing about the brain is despite all its vast power it is actually just a machine when I say just a machine, it's a machine. It's very predictable in the way it works, in the way it's designed to work. And the other interesting thing, as with any other machine, if you use it in the right way, you get the result it's designed to, to, to give you. If you don't use it in the right way, you, you have problems. And if you yeah. think about a motor car, you know that a motor car is a machine. And it's, it has a particular function, which is to get you from where you are to where you want to go. And it will do that very efficiently with an enjoyable uh, journey for you. And that's what it's designed to do. And, and you wouldn't get into a car and think, well, this isn't going to get me to where I want to go. Of course it is. That's what it's, it's designed for. It can't do anything else. But if it doesn't get you to where you want to go, then there's two reasons. Well, there's only one reason. You're not using it the right way. That can be the only reason. But mm. we wouldn't get into a car and we wouldn't say, well, I want to go 100 miles down the road, but I don't know how to drive it. But that doesn't matter. I'll just get in and figure it out as I go along. You wouldn't mm. do that. You'd say, well, I need to learn to drive it first, of course. Yeah. And, and when you learn to drive it, you know, you'd know what all the levers and the buttons and everything were. And you'd press them in the right sequence and you'd, the, the journey would happen. And you, you wouldn't expect there to be a problem. And if there was a problem say if the engine blew up or you didn't go very fast you know say you had the handbrake on and you were, you were pushing down the accelerator and you didn't have it in gear and it wasn't moving you wouldn't say um oh this this is this isn't what the car is supposed to do or, or this is what the car is supposed to do you'd say i'm doing something wrong the reason i'm not getting the result i want is i'm doing something wrong and the reason I'm doing something wrong is I don't know how this works. I need to figure out how this works because I know what it's supposed to do is get me to somewhere easily and without struggle, without effort. And I agree to that. And uh, at this point, I want to thank each and every person who's watching us and those who get to listen to this, the recorded version of this podcast. Uh, let me mention one person who's commented. He's saying that she's enjoying this interview very much. Nami Gamia Marasigan, thank you very much for being here. And everyone who has not commented, I see many likes on our Facebook platform, and uh, we appreciate that. Thank you very much. And uh, Liam is telling us a lot of things. I'm going to agree to the fact that you mentioned that the power of the mind is something so magnificent that. Uh, by the time that we live on this, uh, I mean, we leave this planet, we will not have uh, really got to know the power of the mind. And to put into perspective for someone who's listening out there, if the mind is the one that has designed the computer and this thing that we are sharing right now, uh, I mean, the technology that we all know of, the, the mind is the one that has designed the uh, car that drives you wherever you want to go. If that has designed that if the mind has designed all that that you can think or imagine of 
then it really must be great. So we agree. Tell us yeah. more. Well, what you're talking about is infinite intelligence is mm -hmm. another word for the mind. Because here's another logical thing that many people haven't thought about, but it's so obvious that and we that we should acknowledge it. And that is we live in an infinite universe. I mean, we'd have to accept that. Everyone would accept this is infinity, what mm. we're surrounded by. Everywhere you look, without, within, it's all infinite. So if it's infinite, if we live in an infinite universe, one of the things that must be a part of it must be, in, it must be intelligent. And the intelligence itself must be infinite. And, and so if we live in an infinitely intelligent universe, if it's infinite, we must be a part of it as well. So we have access. We not only have access, we are infinite intelligence. Mm -hmm. That's logical. So if for any reason we think that we're in any way limited, or we don't acknowledge that, all it is is our perception. We're not seeing our own infinite potential, our infinite intelligence that we're a part of. Mm -hmm. It's not that it doesn't exist. It's just that we're not seeing it. And why aren't we seeing it? Because of our brain. Because our brain is our connection to this infinite intelligence. It's what gives us, it's the machine that allows us to experience this infinite intelligence. Mm -hmm. And our experience of infinite intelligence is, of course, being the best that we can be. That's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be... Um, to not only um, fulfill our biological purpose, but to be a part of this infinite intelligence, which is the universe. Mm. So the only thing we're that is limiting us is how we're using our brain. And again, I bring it back to the car. The only thing that's limiting you from, from getting that car going 100 miles an hour to where you want to go is the way you're driving it, mm. or is your, the, your, the, your knowledge about how to drive it. So... You really have a choice here. You can you can use your brain the wrong way, and struggle, have problems in your life, have stress, or you can learn to use it the right way and allow your brain to do the job it's supposed to do, which is to make you the best that you can be, mm -hmm. which includes being your happiest, your most fulfilled, your most loving, your most grateful. All of those things. That's what life's supposed to be about. And mm -hmm. everywhere you look, whether it be the Bible, or um, other philosophies, they all teach us the same thing, that the pur our purpose of our life is to be happy because being happy is being the best that we can be. And that's when we make the greatest contribution, not only to ourselves but to the whole, the whole planet, to our species and to everything and to this infinite intelligence that we're a part of. Mm -hmm. And so, and when I, you mentioned the, sorry. Yeah, keep on, go on, go on. We are here for you to tell us, go on. Well, I was just going to explain, because people are probably thinking this idea that you're not supposed to have stress and problems in your life, that's wrong. I, I don't agree with that. So I, <laughs> I want to give some proof to, to my assertion that you're supposed to be really happy with no problems and no stress in your life and doing all of the great things that you really want to do and that mm -hmm. it's your purposes to do that. I want to pr give some proof to people rather than just think, oh, this guy's, you know, what's he on? He's smoking something. <laughs> You know, yeah. um, and the proof is about understanding how your brain works, <clears throat> because your brain is this is the machine that's designed biologically to make you the best that you can be. Mm -hmm. It's got this infinite power that sole job is to say, I want you to I, you, I'm here to make sure you survive and thrive, be the best that you can be, because that's when you're playing your your biological role, if you like. Mm -hmm. So how does the brain work? Well, in very simple terms, I teach this in a lot greater detail and I have a podcast about it as well, but in very simple terms, there are four parts to the machine of your brain and they've all got separate physical locations within your brain. Mm -hmm. but, in, but in essence, there, I, I, I've, I've simplified the names of them. They've got technical terms, but we have a thinking brain as the first part. That's the part that enables us to think. It's where our thoughts come from. And it's where we store all of the information from all of our, the experiences we have in our life that we get from our five senses and from our thoughts. That's all stored in the thinking brain. And the thinking brain is also where we learn that is responsible for our communication. It's how we can talk and quote unquote think, think mm -hmm. ideas and words. 
The second part of our brain, which is located physically just underneath that, sort of in the middle of your head, uh, is called, I call it your emotional brain, your feeling brain. This is the part that produces your feelings, whether they're good or bad. The third part of your brain is what I call your mechanical brain or your survival brain. And this is located at the back of your head, actually, in the brainstem, mainly. And what this part of your brain does, this is responsible for all of the things that to keep you going, keep you alive, that you're not thinking about, like your breathing and your and your um, heart, heart beating and, you know, your, your organs all functioning. All of your physical functions <clears throat> take place or, or are directed and maintained by your survival brain, your mechanical brain. Mm -hmm. And that part of your brain also has one other very important feature, which is sometimes called your fight, flight, or freeze mechanism, mm -hmm. or your survival mechanism. And what that does is that's activated when you're, when you're facing with an immediate threat. It's designed to make you survive an immediate danger. So going to prehistoric times, it's you know the famous story of the lion coming out from the jungle. Mm -hmm. What happens is your survival brain is there to protect you from that sudden, immediate, unexpected threat that you face. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, and the but the fourth part of your brain, and science has relatively recently discovered and started to understand this part of the brain. It's what I call the creative brain, and this part of your brain is responsible for things like your intuition, your gut feelings about things, mm -hmm. your creativity. It's where you get new ideas. Where you suddenly, you think, "Wow, that's a new idea. I've never thought of that before." It doesn't come from your your experience your thinking brain, it's something entirely new. And a lot of artists, musicians, people who create, they talk about this, they describe this, they don't know where this creativity comes from, they don't know where the notes, where the music comes from, they just hear it in their head, or they see the painting as they paint it. But this part of the brain is much more powerful than that, because the creative part of your brain is actually what drives your life. It's what is, well, it's what's supposed to create this ideal life. Because it, remember, the brain is infinitely powerful, pretty much. Mm -hmm. So it is also the part of your brain that brings you the right experiences for you to be the best that you can be, including the best, the right people, the right circumstances, the right situations, as well as, I say, all these ideas. It also is where your motivation comes from to do things. Mm -hmm. And it's where you make the right decisions from and where you avoid making the wrong decisions. You know, We've all been in a situation where you, where you think, I, I'm, I'm going to make this decision. <clears throat> and there's a little part of you that goes, I'm not sure about this. This doesn't really quite feel right. But, I, but you overlook that part. And you think, mm -hmm. no, often, this often happens in relationships. People get into a relationship and they go, it's, oh, it starts off really well. And then they get to know the person a bit better. And then they start to have their doubts and think, oh, we're starting to have problems. And we're starting to argue a bit. And... I can see things I don't like about them and things aren't as going well. So let's go to counseling or let's try and work on it. And a, a little part of your brain is going, maybe this isn't the right relationship. Maybe you shouldn't be here. Maybe, but you, you override that and you say, I'm going to make it work. All mm -hmm. relationships are hard. Same with business. It's, I'm going to have problems. It's going to be difficult, but I will overcome them and I, and I will achieve despite the odds. Mm -hmm. But the creative brain, which is guiding you, you're, you're, you're blocking that out and I'll explain why um, shortly why, why we do that and why when we do that, that's what creates all the problems in our life. <clears throat> but that's the part that we're really supposed to be operating from most of the time. We're supposed to be living in our creative state so that the brain is able to bring us all of the things that we need to be the best that we can be. And, we, and, and allows us to make the right decisions, not make the wrong decisions, get the right ideas, be around the right people, all of those things. That all comes from this. This, this is the access to, to that infinite intelligence we're talking about. Mm -hmm. But there's one time when you're not supposed to use that part of your brain, when you're not supposed to be feeling good in the flow, in the zone, which are ways that's described, when all the good things are coming to you, when you're making the right decisions, when you're avoiding making the wrong decision, there's only one time when you're not supposed to, to live like that. And that's when the lion comes running out at you from the grass. Mm -hmm. Remember I talked about that survival mechanism, uh, the fight or flight? Mm -hmm. 
And what happens when you're in fight or flight, that's the one time you're not in your creative state or mm. you're not supposed to be in creative state. Mm -hmm. Because you, what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to react to that danger without thinking and just do whatever it takes, whether it be run away or, or fight or whatever. You just react to get rid of that danger instantly and as quickly as possible and as effectively as possible so that that danger is eliminated and then you can go back to being in your creative state. Mm. And so, but what actually happens for most people is they live in that state most of the time. Mm -hmm. Instead of just activating your survival mechanism, <clears throat> it's actually called activating your sympathetic nervous system. Instead of activating it when there's a real threat or a real danger, people have it activated all the time. And the way you can tell it you're, it's activated is if you feel fear, worry, stress, or anxiety. Those are a sign that you're not operating from your creative state, but you're operating from this fear-based state. Mm -hmm. And here's the real problem. What happens when you're feeling fear, worry, stress, anxiety, when you're in this um, fight, flight, freeze, reactive state? What happens is you shut down all of that creative part of your brain. Mm -hmm. It's designed to, because when the lion is running at you in the forest, your brain is not doesn't want to let you think creatively or start to think about oh maybe it's not so bad or let me come up with a plan to try and deal with this is this a real danger i need to think about this because maybe it's not coming after me maybe you know if your brain allowed you to do all that was doing all of that you'd be dead so what your brain does is it shuts off all of your creative resources your imagination your intuition your big picture awareness because again, it doesn't want you focusing on anything other than the negative, than the danger there and then. Mm -hmm. That's what it's designed to do. So what you do in that state, you don't have access to any of the resources of your creative brain when you're in, a, in, in this fear state, mm -hmm. because you're just designed to react. Now that's fine if the lion's running at you for that, that short moment. But what about dealing with your problems? If you're in an anxious, worried state, and you don't have access to the problem-solving part of your brain, how can you possibly solve it? How can you make the right decisions? Your brain is blocking all that, all mm -hmm. that away from you. It literally, on a physical level, has blocked that all off. Mm -hmm. So this is why, when, as I was, and as people in general are, when you're feeling stressed, when you're feeling anxious and worried, you're going to make the wrong decisions. You're mm -hmm. not going to see what the right decisions are. You're not going to come up with creative solutions. Mm -hmm. All of these things. So the key to realize is you're using the brain, your brain machine the wrong way. You're mm -hmm. trying to solve problems and create your ideal life when you're in a brain state that is only designed to see what see problems in your life and try and create an immediate quick fix answer, which is never the answer, as we all oh, know. That's interesting. So it's fascinating. The, the fear, the, it's, it's more than, <laughs> so it's fascinating. It was an eye, the light went on for me when I realized all of this. Mm, because many of the things that we mm, end up uh, in the wrong places, making the wrong decisions, is because we made it out of a point of uh, fear or mm -hmm. allowing stress in our, in our body, in our mind. So we make the wrong decision and therefore end in the wrong place. It's inevitable. Your brain can't make the right decision. All it can do is react. Mm -hmm. Because what your brain is designed to do when you're in that fear state is say, there's something that's making you feel bad at the moment. Because all that fear is, is a signal from your brain that you're facing an immediate threat to your survival. That's what it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So when you're in that state, all your brain can do is say, there's something that's making you feel really bad right now. What's the first most instant thing that I can do to make you feel better, to re remove that danger. Mm. Because when you feel better, that's your brain saying the danger is no longer there. So a good example, so in inevitably, it's a reaction rather than, than, a, than the right decision. And that's why, why the brain is doing that for you is it instantly gives, makes you feel a bit better. It's mm. the wrong thing to have done, but you feel for an instant better but remember in that state your brain has no sense of consequences it doesn't have this big picture like your creative brain does this big picture awareness of 
what it should be doing strategically for your long time term survival. It's just like, I want to make you feel better right now and get you out of this danger. And a classic example of this is, is in relationships when people argue. You know, people often say to me, we're having all these problems in our marriage and we're arguing all the time. And I say things and I don't mean to say them and I know they're really hurtful, but I just get so angry and I just come out with this thing that just makes things worse. Well, why do we do that? It's because when we're feeling stressed and worried and we're and therefore having an argument, we're in this stressed state, our brain is, is looking for a way to instantly make you feel better. And what's the, what's the way you can feel instantly better when you're having an argument? Shout back, mm -hmm. argue back, say something hurtful. That makes you feel better for an instant. Now, it makes things worse because the brain in that state can't see that it's making things worse, but it just makes you feel a little bit better in the instant. Mm. And that's also why in, in a stress state, people often make bad choices, like they smoke something or they drink something or they take something or they watch some mindless entertainment, all of which are designed as their brain saying, well, if you just do this, you'll feel better right now. Mm. But it doesn't solve the problem because that part of the brain isn't about solving problems. That's about just reacting and getting you to feel a bit better right now, which mm. is, and it's, as, as it has interpreted, when you feel a bit better, that means your problem is solved. The mm. danger has gone away. Mm. I have a question from one of the viewers. And the, oh, quest the question is this, is it scientific that the female brain is different from the male, the male brain? Uh, not that I'm aware of. I mean, I think people, we have this, this, um, that's a slightly complicated question. I mean, I, I think maybe what they're talking about is our biological role as male and female. Mm -hmm. And of course, we do, we do have different biological roles to play in in you know survival and reproduction and 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 hormones have a have a part to play in that. So hormones do act act differently to a degree between male and female. But the basic structure of the human brain is is pretty well identical because we all have this it's all both for male and female it's designed for this one purpose to make us the best we can be so that we have the best chance of survival mm. okay thank you for that uh, and uh, we also thank all the other people who are watching and those who get to uh, share this uh, episode with their friends. Hey, Jay York, thank you for coming on to this episode and all those people who have participated so far. We have Rabbi Karanja, thank you. We have Okoth Wesley, we had uh, Mark Voss and uh, many others that have not uh, reacted to this. We appreciate you watching and we appreciate you sharing with your friends. And uh, we are keep we are moving on and uh, Liam is telling us some interesting things and uh, he is going to tell us the secret of how he bounced back and became successful but before that I'm curious to know uh, from your definition of success which is uh, being the best of yourself are there some careers or some uh, businesses or some uh, settings in life uh, that you can describe as being, I mean, I look at my position and I look at your position and I say I'm more successful than you uh, because I am in a different career than you, uh, from you or from the other person. How is that? Well, part of the problem with using our brain the wrong way is we compare ourselves to other people because in that survival state, when you're feeling worried and anxious, and you feel more anxious when you're comparing yourself to other people. But when you're in that state, the brain, remember, the brain is looking for an immediate problem. And one of, one of the problems it sees is, is it's comparing you to what's out there. What, you know, is that person a threat? Is that person a danger to, to your survival? So this happens on a very deep level, of course. So this whole comparison thing, which really is at the, at the core of a lot of the dysfunction in the world, isn't it? People are are frantically trying to be somebody different to who they are to try and feel better. Excuse me. And here's something interesting to understand about who you are. We have this thing in our body called DNA. You've probably heard of it. Mm -hmm. Do we know what DNA is? Do we really know what it is? We don't. 
Mm-hmm. What, well, we do, but not many people have told us what it is. What DNA actually is, it's a strand of molecules that's in every cell of your body. And if you were to take out the strand of molecules in, from one cell of your body, it would be four feet long. That's how long it is. And you have 75 trillion cells in your body. Now, you multiply that by four feet, and you end up with 50 million miles. That's how long your DNA is. That's further than from here to Mars. Mm-hmm. So, and an, so basically, we are DNA. But what is DNA? DNA, each one of those strands within each cell, holds a blueprint for who we are. It holds more than 250 million pieces of information about who we are, mm-hmm. who we are. And we're all completely different. We're all unique. Now, we don't know what those 250 million pieces are of information mm-hmm. about who we are. But the creative part of our brain that's connected to our infinite intelligence not only knows what those 250 million pieces of you are, it knows how to make you the best version of those 250 million pieces. That's its job, is to bring out the perfection of you of those 250 million different bits of, that are about you. Mm-hmm. So when you use your brain the right way and you allow your, what you're really doing is allowing this creative part of your brain to do the work in making you the best version of yourself, making you the happiest person you are. And part of that, what happens is you stop comparing yourself to other people and you stop worrying because remember, worry means you're using the brain the wrong way and you're not understanding how the machine works. You stop, stop worrying about what you should do, who you should be. Should you do this career? Should you do that? None of that happens. What actually happens instead is that your brain makes everything gel, if you like, in your life to be the be- for you to be the happiest that you are. And very often when I help people through, the, through my coaching, I have a process to do this, they end up doing something completely different mm-hmm. to what they ever thought they wanted to do. And that was the same for me. I ended up doing things that I never knew that I wanted to do or or that I'd really enjoy. Mm -hmm. And so instead of trying to figure it all out, which is what you're doing, you're using your thinking brain and you're using your survival brain. You're not using your creative brain when you try and figure stuff out. Mm -hmm. And that's if you really want to know what you should be doing, that's the wrong question to ask because when you worry about what you should be doing, you're not allowing your creative brain to actually do it for you. You know, the Bible, a lot of people um, believe in the Bible. And I was, as I say, I was brought up a Christian. And what amazed me when I started to study this was how the Bible tells us exactly how to use our brain. Mm. And yet we don't do it. People oh. profess to follow the Bible. And the Bible, the Bible is the greatest instruction manual on how to use your brain the right way that exists. But people don't realize that. Mm-hmm. Because what does it say in the Bible more than 360 times? It says, be not afraid. Fear not. Have Fear not. Mm-hmm. Have faith. Mm-hmm. Now, why does it say that? It's not saying that because that's a nice idea. It's, be- it's saying it because that's how your brain works. Your brain doesn't operate properly when you feel afraid. Mm-hmm. You're only supposed to feel afraid if the lion's running at you or a train comes on and you're, you're standing on the track or someone comes to hit you. And, and, and there's a threat to you. That's when the only time you're supposed to feel fear. So the mm. Bible continues, and it, and it says, Jesus said, be not anxious, be not afraid, be not afraid for tomorrow. Let tomorrow look after itself. Now, the mm. other interesting thing about that, and this comes down to people trying to figure out what career they should have, I think was the question, was what did Jesus also say? He said, give no thought to tomorrow for tomorrow will take care of itself and you will be looked after. You are that much greater than all of the lilies in the field. You will be looked after. Mm. So, and do not worry about what, what you shall eat or drink or, or what clothing you shall have. He didn't say, now you need to sit down and write a goals list and figure all this stuff out. He said, leave it, just relax, just be happy, don't be afraid, and it will all work itself out. And he wasn't talking about some weird thing out there. Remember, this is infinite intelligence we're talking about that you're connected to. He's talking to about when you do that, that's how your brain is supposed to work. Your brain is supposed to bring you the, the right things. But, now, it doesn't mean you don't put an effort when, when, it's, when it's the right thing, but you do the right things. 
Yeah, but the big question yeah, is to some for to someone who's listening to us there. The big question is, I'm not supposed to fear or worry, but uh, right before me, I have a very great problem, or not even before me. Inside of me, I have a disease that is ongoing. I mean, someone out there says this that uh, I have been diagnosed with a terminal disease. How am I not supposed to worry or imagine myself? In a way, I mean, help us. Well, I, I know that I know this isn't necessarily easy. The first step is to understand how your brain works and how it's supposed to function. Okay, mm -hmm. and I teach a process called neurostate rebalancing, which helps once you, once you understand that that is the way your brain is supposed to work. And that no matter what's going on, if if it's not an immediate threat to your survival, you're you're not supposed to feel free feel fear. And I think. The thing to realize is when you're in a fearful state, your brain is very limited in its awareness. And I know that sounds, you know, dis, um, condescending or, or heartless, and I don't mean to be. But when you, are in a, in a, in a, when you are in your creative state, you actually see the truth. And one of the things you see the truth about is your situation. Because everything that happens to everybody in their life can be or many things can be perceived on one level as a problem. But on another level, on a different level of awareness, it can be perceived as something else. Maybe not a problem, maybe a gift. And ultimately, maybe something that you can do something with. Because when you say a terminal disease, that's suggesting that death... When you say, I've got a terminal disease and I'm going to die, why is that a problem? Because, you know, there have been more than 10,000 documented cases of people who've had near-death experiences where they've died on the operating table or whatever, and, you know, the doctors have brought them back to life. Nearly every one of them has said exactly the same thing, which is, why did you bring me back? I didn't want to come back. It's mm. so much better over there. And this is what the Bible teaches as well, the kingdom of heaven. You know, we're, we're the, the paradise that we're all, that is, death is merely a change of state. There is no such thing as death. Now, you don't realize this when you're all worried and stressed. Your brain isn't sending you those messages. So your brain is telling you, you can't die. Don't die. It's, you know, I don't want to die. But when, you're in, but when you have greater awareness, you think, death, this is just a change. This is just a transition. And it's going to be so much better. There's a purpose for everything. Mm. You know, when I lost everything, I could have sat there and gone, oh, this is absolutely terrible. In fact, I, today I could be saying, well, that was terrible and I was traumatic and I have to overcome all of the stresses and I'm still dealing with it. I see it as the greatest thing that ever happened mm -hmm. to me because now I'm talking to you. Now I'm sharing these, this information that I would never have come on to if I hadn't mm -hmm. been through that experience. So how can you say from a different level of awareness, how can you be judgmental about anybody or anybody's situation and say that it's, that it's bad? Mm. Oh. Just being, without being unkind, that, that is the truth, though, isn't it? Now, there's oh. a film called The Butterfly Effect. Actually, mm -hmm. I can give you plenty of examples. There was a, man, oh. a film called The Butterfly Effect, a man built, born with no arms and no legs. Now, was oh. that a problem? Can you, you think you've got problems? Imagine having no arms and no legs. And he was a, this was a true story. And he became a circus freak. And people used to come and laugh at him, and they used to treat him terribly. And then someone realized that this that he was a, a special human being and maybe he had some gifts and they turned him from a, instead of being a freak, he became an inspiration to people of what you could do without arms and legs, mm -hmm. with what you could do with real limitations. And there were people in the film who came up to him and hugged him and said, thank you so much. You've changed my life. You've been such an inspiration to me. Mm. And there are, there are many, many examples of yes. people who yes. have so-called problems mm -hmm. from a different place of awareness. They're not problems, but ultimately, Anything that we think is a problem comes down to our fear of death. And that's completely illogical. Mm. Yeah, thank you very much for sharing. And uh, we see that you have so much more to share with us. And our time is up. So where yes. can people follow up with you? If they want to get to you to, to hear more from you uh, or maybe get some coaching because some of the listeners could uh, need some coaching, where can they find you? They can find everything about me on my website, which is just my name, liamnaden.com. 
and I've got podcasts there. I've got coaching from about relationships and about about really learning how to overcome this fear so you can make the right decisions and you can start to create the life you really want because it's not that hard. It's like a car. Once you get the car, start driving the car right, you're just amazed at what happens in your life. And it's what happened to me and it's what I'm you know, privileged enough to help other people to realize. You just need to start using your machine the right way rather than struggling and then creating problems that are just a sign that you're using it the wrong way. Oh, okay. Thank you. So each and every one of you there, follow up with liamnaden.com. I mean, go there and follow up with Liam. And uh, what last words would you leave us with to always remember? Um, life is not meant to be a struggle. Life is meant to be an adventure. We've been put here. We've been given all the biological tools to have a life that we really enjoy. That's that's the purpose of all life, is to 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 be the best we can be. And if it's not happening that way, it's it's simply a case of using the machine that we've been given to do that the wrong way. Mm. Our brain. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. We really appreciate you taking your time and telling us all that you have told us. And uh thank you for having me. Yes. And uh Thank you also to the viewers. Remember to share this. Remember to go and subscribe to Now Tell Us YouTube channel. And um, see you next time. Okay. Have a great time. Bye. And uh, live the best life that you can. Absolutely. Bye.